Welcome back to another episode of Tuxedo Time. Where we wear tuxedos. And it is time. Podcast, Podcast edition. edition. I think we're getting better at this. A little bit. A little bit. What's the subtitle? Subtitle is hashtag joint YouTube channel, hashtag making videos with your friend and or spouse and or brother and sister and or friend. <laughs> I don't know. Partner. We're, partner. We're talking about joint YouTube channels, but... Hang on, I gotta situate my ice pack one sec. Okay, let me just paint this picture here for you. She's walking through the house, and what is your back flaring up again? Okay, over the vacation that I took, uh-huh. within like two days, I fucked my back. Like I threw my How? Back you out. didn't even pick anything up? I didn't do anything. You weren't like lifting any heavy duty? I was laying lifting? on the couch, I threw my back out, laying on the couch. <laughs> this is my age. Welcome to 30s. You're 30s. I'm 33. Um, I threw my back out real bad last summer. Like, the worst I've ever thrown my back out. The first time I threw my back out was when I was 25, shoveling snow, and I threw my back out, and I was, I've was i been fucked ever since. But last summer, I lifted a piece of furniture the wrong way. And so when you say throw <laughs> your back out, mm-hmm. do you mean an acute flare-up of lower back pain? I mean like... Sometimes with ridiculous symptoms going down your legs? Um, when I threw my back out last summer, I couldn't walk for three or four days. Like, I couldn't get out of bed. That was when you were in Newfoundland. Yes. So you went home for a trip home to see family, and you had to spend it in your bed. I spent it in bed. Two days, I could not get out of bed. Oh the morning God. I woke up, I was just like, I couldn't, I couldn't get up. I was in the most pain I've ever been in my life. I could not sit up and get out of the bed. And when I finally got myself up, I couldn't stand up. And it was terrifying. And I was in excruciating pain. It was shooting down my leg. My entire back was just like... Com- and then you had to actually fly home. Yes. It was, yeah. And then less than three weeks later, you we had went to, do, to Cold Island. You had to spend forty hours in a in mildly a, uncomfortable helicopter chair you slash know, seat. It was funny, like it surprisingly went, like wasn't too bad. Like during that trip, I thought because so when I when I did it, it was like I went to Newfoundland. The next day, I was there for a week. I threw my back out. I spent two days in bed. For three or four days, I couldn't walk like at all. Like I had to. Wa- I was walking like an old woman up the street, like holding onto my mom. No. Cause like I couldn't walk and, um, like putting pants on hurt everything. Like it sucked. And so when I was going home, I was like, how am I going to lift my backpack, my heavy camera bag and my suitcase and put it in the overhead compartment. So for the whole week leading up to the trip, I was like doing everything in my power to try to like suck the disc back in. <laughs> doing your little exercises. I was doing exercises. I was heating. I was icing. I was you know, trying to keep moving, but also like You're resting. assuming it was a herniated disc. Well, that's what it felt like because... <laughs> you don't know what it feels like. like can't... Well, I'm assuming that's what it was. Well, like that's tell what me, it's it was. Like, I feel like my bones are grinding together in my back right <laughs> yeah. now. That's what it feels like. Well, I guess I didn't know it felt like that until I was diagnosed with that's what it was. When I got... Yeah, you had some bulge discs on your MRI, but I mean... But know. it was like a significant amount better when I had that MRI than when I like did it for sure. the first <laughs> time. <laughs> so if you like MRI'd me when I did it the first time, it probably would have been like, oh, wowee. Maybe, or maybe it was all just muscle spasm. Could have been. Could have been a bit of both. Anyway, I was on muscle relaxants. I was sleeping with a pillow under my knees. But you know what? It's crazy how quickly... like. That week was excruciating. And then when I got back, it was still fucked up. But when we did Cold Island, it didn't really bother me that much, which is really weird. Because you were too afraid of being stranded on a rock. The (laughs) fear took over and you didn't think about the pain as much. No, exactly. But anyway, so this is what happens. See, I'll have a really bad episode and I'll be fine. And then I'll lift something the wrong way or do something the wrong way. But I think a a few days before we were out like lifting the slat wall outside. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ooh, remember I said like, ooh, I think I just lifted the wrong way. Yeah, but you didn't really like but it was have fine. excruciating pain at that moment. I didn't. I didn't have pain, but I had this weird like stretchy feeling in the 
back of my lower back. Anyway, a few days later, I was in pain. And now I have a different type of pain, but it's killing me. So I have ice packs stuck in my long story. Oh, yeah. So that coming full circle here, the description of her was she's walking away from me in the kitchen. And I look at her. She's got two lunchbox style blue ice packs stuck in her pants. <laughs> In her back waistband. Yeah. And then around it to reinforce it, she's got some sort of like wide black and white belt of some sort. Yeah. It was, what is that? It was a strap. Like you could buy these straps that you can put on. So I had bought it for my helmet bag. Oh, like a, put, a shoulder strap. Like a shoulder for strap. like a bag. Right. But there's no like attachment. So I took the carabiner off my camera bag <laughs> and put it on the end. So you made it. Strapped ice packs to my back. You got strap on ice packs. Yeah, I got strap on ice packs. <laughs> like a little jet pack. <laughs> it feels great back there. I mean, I'm in excruciating pain the last two days, but the ice pack feels great. Well, that's that's fantastic. So yeah. now this has nothing, this first four minutes has been <laughs> nothing to do with a joint YouTube channel. No. But yeah. So I wanted to talk about that. I thought it'd be kind of an interesting I mean, other dis- the fact that we live together and we're joined through holy matrimony. We are. Not so holy matrimony. Yeah. Just matrimony. Matrimony. And you wear ice packs around the house. Yeah. I mean, we've been together for 17 years. You've seen everything about me. Now you've seen me strap ice packs to my back. Okay. So joint YouTube channel as opposed to not having a joint YouTube channel, like a single person YouTube channel. Right. So a lot of our friends who are couples have their own YouTube channels. um, And you and I have a YouTube channel together. Yeah. So I think you're probably referring to like Chris and Lizzie. Mm -hmm. So Lizzie Pierce and Chris Howe. Yep. Johnny and Iz. Yes. Johnny Harris and Iz Harris. Yep. They all have their own YouTube channels. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to like talk about, I think I saw, sometimes I see people talk, asking questions in some of the groups I'm in about like starting, I'm starting a YouTube channel with my friend or with my so-and-so. And I just thought it'd be interesting to actually talk about the realities of what it's like behind the scenes of having a joint YouTube channel, because it probably looks fun and great, but you might also notice that sometimes there's videos where it's just me mm-hmm. and not Chris. And sometimes there's videos where it's mostly just Chris and not me, but more often it's just me. It's because you're not dedicated to the channel, and I am. No. Um, (laughs) But anyway, I want to talk about some of the pros and cons, like the positives, the negatives of having a YouTube channel, but like, and then also maybe a little bit about like what, if, what our channels would look like if they were separate. But we'll save that till after the break. Oh, we start with the negatives. All right. We'll start with the negatives first. Okay. So the negatives of sharing a YouTube channel is that it probably won't work out. Correct. Yeah, depending on who you have decided to share your YouTube channel with. So just look at it from a standpoint of you marrying this person, not romantically, but you are literally starting something with them. And it's a relationship. And 50% of marriages will fail. So by extrapolation, you could almost say that 50% of YouTube channels will fail at being a joint partnership. Mm-hmm. But that's just the partnership aspect of it. Because if you look at YouTube channels on a whole they're probably already going to fail anyway because most YouTube channels will fail. Yeah. So you're just adding another variable that's not going to work out. Now, that's not to scare anybody. No. Because if you're building a YouTube channel on a relationship that's already a, has a strong foundation, kind of like what we did, mm-hmm. we were pretty sure that our relationship is going to be fine. So it wasn't going to negatively affect our YouTube channel. Now, the assumption there is that the YouTube channel, by taking on that extra responsibility, is not going to change the nature and dynamic of the relationship because I would almost say that, you know, when people talk about like doing home renovations, take on a home renovation and that's going to stress your relationship because you're going to be taking on a new task or job. Yeah, they're working as a team. And if you don't right. work great as a team. Same thing could happen if you try to take on a YouTube channel. It's like working with your spouse. Yeah. I think there's like a question you need to ask yourself before you start a joint channel with somebody is because at surface level, it looks like just a fun YouTube channel. 
do I want to start a business with this person? If this turns into something where we're making money, is this a person that A, I can trust, B, that's going to be as dedicated as I'm going to be, C, that has the same vision as I have, do we have compatible skills, Um, are there going to be issues down the road if we start making money? Is this what they want to do with their life? So, the, you know, if very it's, complicating factors. It is. And sometimes you don't think about that because you're like, oh, this is a cool idea. Let's start this because we're friends and it's fun. Yeah. But I mean, you're and generally speaking, whenever there is a dispute that arises from some sort of partnership, it's always because each party has a different perception of what their value is. Right. And that's how things ultimately deteriorate. So, like, for example, let's say you started your channel with a buddy and you just happened to own the camera and knew how to use it and did the editing. So your buddy shows up and they don't do the editing. So how do you value that? Right. Maybe your buddy brings all the ideas to the table and then it's like, oh, okay, well, there's a split of labor. Or maybe you bring all the ideas and you do all the editing and but yet the person still thinks that they are 50% because if it wasn't for them, then it's their 50% of the personality on the channel. So it's like, and now that, that still has value. 50% of the personality on the channel has value. Definitely. For sure. When you try to quantify that and you say like, well, now we're making money. So do we split it 50, 50 exactly? Or do we go like, well, you know, I'm going to value your contribution because you're doing the groundwork. We're going to go like 75, 25. Right. Or the person who is saying, well, I'm 50% of the talent. So we're both 50% of the talent and that's where all the value is. It's in the personalities Mm -hmm. and the rest is just a task we could pay someone else to do. Right. Then do you really deserve 50% of the income? So it's like, it's very weird. Very complicated. I like your, 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 uh, business analogy because I never thought about it as like you're starting a business with somebody. Yeah. Because a lot of times I feel like you start a thing and you're like, oh, this will be fun to do. And then things, you know, start growing or it becomes more serious. And then it's like, oh, wait, shit, we never talked about what happens when we make money and who gets what and how many, how many hours are you putting in compared to what other people are putting in? Mm-hmm. What's your level of dedication? Yep. Um, I think when you're starting with your spouse, if you have a lot of things in common and you're both on the same page, it becomes easier, especially if you're living together. Mm-hmm. However, if you're not on the same page and don't have the same interests and your spouse doesn't really want to talk about, you know, say cars, for example, but she wants to talk about flag making mm-hmm. and you don't want to talk about that, then it can become complicated unless your channel is basically based off of your your personality and not like your niche. But it's it's hard, man. And like I see a lot of people saying like, I want my wife or my husband to be in my YouTube channel, but they have no interest in whatever the niche is, whatever the niche is. And you can't force that. No, (laughs) you can't. That's why people have man caves. Correct. (laughs) Yes. But you know, it's funny, like going back to with like friends and stuff, it's also difficult when you have two separate lives who live two separate in two separate houses with different relationships, coordinating time to dedicate to making videos, filming videos, planning videos. So if you're shooting with your friends, say, and both of you guys have day jobs and the other person's not willing to spend some time after work to film with you, but you have goals and ideas for your channel, it's not going to work. I don't see how people have friends, honestly. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't see how people have friends like No, 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 just in, from in a, t- a time standpoint. Oh, it's yeah. Like you work a full-time job, you're getting home, you've got to like eat, mm-hmm. personal hygiene. I mean, let's be honest, Chris. When did you share last? <laughs> I can almost see my face in your hair. I'm pleading the fifth right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, next question. <laughs> yeah, but like, all those things that come with living. Yeah. And then it's like, 
oh, you have your own hobbies. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I know I'm going to start a YouTube channel with my friend who doesn't live in the same house as me. Yeah. And then you got to like schedule something. Yeah. And there's coronavirus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, cha- it's, cha- these are all the things you have to think about. No, they're challenging for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think a podcast is like different. I think it still has its challenges, especially like with the roles of what everybody's taking on. It's one person always ends up doing way more of the work because, you know, that's just how the cookie crumbles. Same with YouTube. It's like one person is probably going to be good at editing. If you're both good at editing, amazing. Bulk film, split up the work, decide on a format. But then there's even that. How do you decide on... Style, format, color grading. What if one person likes teal and orange and the other person likes desaturated? Like there's compromises there that you have to make. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to have like, is your YouTube header going to be a photo of you guys smiling, doing something fun? Or is it going to be something more serious? Like there are all sorts of styling and branding things even that you have to talk about. Creative decisions, right? Exactly, yeah. And oftentimes that can get delegated to like one person more than the other too. If someone has more of an artistic design flair, then it's going to be that fall in that person's lap. But oftentimes, oftentimes on the Venn diagram of creativity, like the person who's doing that is probably also the person who's going to be shooting and using the camera. Yeah. And the person who's bringing the camera to the table and who's shooting is probably going to be editing. And that person's going to be doing way more of the work than the other person. So I think it depends on the goals, but there's definitely like a lot of things to consider. So y'all got to find your own Becky <laughs> yeah. and she's mine and you can't have her. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, well, everyone's got a price. Name your price. Hey, what the <laughs> fuck? So, you know, anybody who's followed our stuff closely may or may not be aware that I also had a second joint YouTube channel mm-hmm. with somebody who wasn't Becky. <gasps> Gasp. And it was with... Uh, How did I still end up doing all of the editing? But somehow you ended up... Yeah. Well, you were hired by... Yeah, I was hired. So. Our company yep. to do it. So that's how you got roped in. Right. So it was... Technically, you were involved as well, but mm-hmm. you were doing all the technical stuff, filming, editing, and it was me and Dr. It was Dr. John and Dr. Chris was the name of the channel. Mm-hmm. The videos are still up, and it's, it was interventional radiology channel, and we got, I don't know, how many videos did you like, 13 videos? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, th- I think it had some steam and some momentum. I had so many ideas for that channel. It was hard because, you know, Dr. John, he was very involved in the business side of the practice, as well as practice... Um, you know, growth. He's always going to meetings and things like that. So he, it was more difficult for him to find time to shoot videos. Mm-hmm. And so Becky would be like, oh, can we shoot this day? And then he would not be able to, to, to do it because of things. And in medicine, obviously. That medicine comes first. Like yeah, it's the, gonna be... the YouTube always comes second when. Right. Yeah. So there'd be times, you know, when you'd show up to film and he just wouldn't, wouldn't be there. show up. Yeah. Right. So, and he had, he had stuff to do and he's in, the whole project kind of fell apart started to fall apart because of that. And then ultimately he moved on to another job. We, we wish him the best. That's how it came to a grinding halt. But it just kind of illustrates difficulties there where if you can't even schedule and get on the same schedule mm-hmm. because of life and, and work, you know, it's not going to work. Right. And it's, it's funny when you become used to, like I'm used to our relationship and how our channel works and it works well. We've figured out whose roles are what and like what the, the capacity of both people are to make the videos that we make. So I just assumed like, hey, you're involved, I'm involved, and this other person's involved, we could do this. And it ended up being... Well, it ended up being you and I brainstorming alone, just the two of us, mm-hmm. coming up with these ideas. And it was turning into like the Dr. Chris channel. Yes, that's exactly what it was turning into. And we would have to, we would purposely have to throttle our ideas 
and sort of harness everything and hold it all back so that we could still get Dr. John involved so it would still be sort of an equitable thing. Right. And it just wasn't that way. And then it all kind of came topple down. But it's, yeah, those are very real concerns. Now, we spend a lot of time on the negative sides Let's of talk about joints. The People are like, oh, wow, I'm never going to start a YouTube channel with anybody yeah. ever. No, there's so many positives, though, I think. And they can outweigh it. Like, if you can get past, like, the thinking about the business thing and then, like, who's doing what and, and you're on the same page and you're on board and... I think it becomes easier if you're two people and you're willing to hire out the editing and the filming. Yeah, but I don't think anybody who's starting off is going to hire anything out. No, you're it's right. It's not the way that people do these kind of grassroots YouTube things. Very yeah. few people start a YouTube channel with no that don't have a background in multimedia of some sort. Right. And looking at it as a viable business. Because it's not. This is not a viable business to get into because the risk... Yeah, you can't start this to make money. The failure rate is so, yeah, high, so high. It's a terrible investment. Yeah. It's terrible investment. You have to do it because you actually enjoy doing it. And then sometimes it will work out. It'll blossom into something that can be a career or a living. Mm -hmm. It might be short lived. It might be longer, longer term. Who knows? But there's so much variability and luck and randomness associated with it. It's not a good investment strategy. Right. I think it's like a good social media strategy as an aside to an already establishing business that's making money. Right. And, you know, not, and, and not to say that it's, it's all for naught because investing time to do this is not just for the purpose of having a successful YouTube channel, right? Investing the time and learning some of these skills. Now all of a sudden you can make videos. Yeah. You have skills doing that. Mm -hmm. So there, there's that too. So I don't want to kind of paint it in that bad light. Positive aspects of it. There are many. There are. What would you say? Well, I think first and foremost, like for us, it's fun like, it's a great excuse to go and do stuff. That's true. Like, I mean, we talked about this a million times before when we started our channel. It was to hold us accountable for making the most out of Vancouver. Right. So it gave us an excuse to go on all of these little adventures and go check out these things and we'd film it and we were making memories. Could you imagine if we didn't do that, how much time we would just waste sitting on the couch like toads on a log? <laughs> yeah, you're right. It gives us something to do and it's, and it's fun. And enjoyable. I think the second positive thing is you and I have always been into photography and video and stuff. And so it's given us an outlet to um, learn and to grow our skills, mm -hmm. I think. See the progression on the internet. Um, I'm blanking on... There's so many positives. <laughs> I'm blanking. There actually aren't that many they're, positives. They're all negatives. Just <laughs> start your own channel. Just start your own channel. <laughs> no, I think having a joint channel gives you the ability to make endless content because for us like we didn't start with a niche we started our, our niche was us our videos are about us and the things we're doing not necessarily just about photography or just about helicopters having both aspects i think allows us to make videos about more things than just like if i was having a channel by myself it would be a very niche down channel yeah and i think too one of the positives is it's hard especially when you're starting out to talk to to have a one-sided conversation. It is. With a camera. Oh yeah, never thought about that. It's, right. It's just awkward. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't seem awkward when, because your viewer is having a, a two-person conversation. Right. But you as the content creator, it's always one-sided when you're creating content. So that's always really awkward, especially when you add to the mix that you're out in the public talking to a camera oh on my a God. stick. And it never gets easier, by the way. No, it's just like, okay, you, you, you're very self-conscious self about it. Yeah. It, it looks weird. It does. But when you're with somebody, you're both weird. So it's a little bit right. easier. You're like my force field. Yeah. Or sometimes like I'll film you or you film me and that feels a little more natural. Right. Yeah. 
You don't feel like there's as many boomers looking at you like, oh, the selfie generation. Yeah. Look at that stupid camera. (laughs) Can I be in your video? Um, Oh, yeah. That's the the classic line where someone walks behind you and like does that like both hands over elbows about 90 degrees, both hands over the head and you're doing like that kind of like. It's just like, yeah. Um, I think another positive is um, we talked about like delegation of tasks being a negative thing. I think delegation of tasks being a positive thing, especially in this relationship where, you know, I do a lot of the editing and the filming. You do everything and I reap the benefits. Yeah. But (laughs) there's definitely like, I definitely do more in terms of like laborious activities. Like I do the editing and I usually plan the videos, um, taking out like what we're doing in the videos, like the DIY projects. If you look at just the creation of the videos, running the channel, running the socials, I'm doing most of it. But the fact that you can step in and be like, listen, I know the comments are affecting you. Don't look at them. I'll take care of them. Or I'll go through and delete the bad ones or respond to them for a little while. Or say, if I have something on the go, you'll say, okay, I'll upload the video. I'll put the tags in. I'll share it. I'll do all the stuff. And so it's, it becomes easier when you have like a life if you're doing stuff like to just say, Hey, can you do this? Or, you know, like, Hey, I'm I'm struggling with this. Like, what do you think of this video? And there's always a second pin. You, we watch, you watch every video that we put up and I watch every video that we, like we both proof it. Mm -hmm. I call it like, can you come proof this video? Yeah. I need you to be okay with it before I post it. Yeah. Second set of eyes is always beneficial. Yeah. Especially when you're second guessing yourself on either creative choices or if you just think the video sucks. Yes. And a lot of times you'll come and be like, oh my God, I can't believe this video. It's, this video is terrible. And I'll be like, what's, what's wrong with it? It looks, it's great. It looks fine. It yeah. It's exactly like what we normally, and then you post it and then people are just like, oh, great video. This is one of my favorites. And you're like, wait, what? People you thought what? this was my favorite video. Like it's amazing. Yeah. I think when you're going through like imposter syndrome and struggling creatively, like having that extra set of eyes is huge. And there's no like, with our channel together, there's no like jealousy or like, okay, I'm calling dibs on this piece of content. That's another thing that I'd never thought about is that this is kind of more niche in a sense that it applies mostly to couples who have YouTube channels. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even realize this was a thing because we have a joint YouTube channel, but there's always going to be like an element of competition. If you have two separate channels and you're living in the same house, doing more or less the same thing, right. creating content for YouTube. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it it probably, and I can't speak from experience to this because, we again, we have a joint YouTube channel, but if one person's channel does better than the other, it's probably, it can easily lead to animosity. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I remember when I was freelancing and you were doing your men's fashion thing and you're, you were gaining some popularity and you were doing like the Aldo campaign and you were you know, your Instagram was growing and I was doing the blog and our Instagram was not growing and our cha- and our blog wasn't doing as good as your channel. And not that there was animosity, but there was definitely a little bit of jealousy because I was shooting all your photos and stuff. And I was like, why isn't my thing growing like this? You know, I think when you look at it, it's like, oh wait, okay. So you were in a niche, you're posting consistently. You had a unique thing going. But I mean, I think like fashion was always a fairly widespread thing. Like it was very, had a very, very big audience Mm -hmm. because anybody who liked the look of clothes could technically be into fashion. Right. Whereas ultra modern DIY home is is fairly niche. Yeah, you're right. In Canada. But there, like, so I felt that a little bit. I'm like, I kind of want to grow my own thing. And there was like a, a little bit of jealousy there, but ultimately I was like super stoked for you and to be able to be your photographer. That was really yeah. cool. And I think like bringing money into it too, oftentimes can 
add another dynamic that we've never experienced because at this point we were just doing this for fun. Right. Whereas, you know, like people who have sizable YouTube channels when both the, you know, both parties in the relationship have a channel where they're both making money. If one person's a bigger channel, they're going to be commanding, generally speaking, higher fees. Mm -hmm. So you look at it, I can imagine it would be hard because you've got somebody who is making, you know, multiple times more than the other person for really the same amount of input. Right. You know, and it's, they're, they're obviously they're going to command more money because they have more subs and there's more eyes in the content and therefore advertisers are going to pay more. But at the end of the day, you're both spending more or less equal amounts of times to create one unit of video, mm-hmm. except one person's is worth twice as much. Right. And it kind of could probably reinforce, you know, it could probably be difficult for that to stomach that when you look at your spouse as somebody as an equal, yeah. yet they're able to make twice as much money as you. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Aside from your job, making what you make and me making what we make on our YouTube channel. But I don't look at that really because you and I have always had a pretty equal partnership. We've always shared finances. We've always been super open about that. There were years where I made more money than you and pulled you through residency. And there were years and still are years where you make far more money than me. I don't think in our relationship and like this is transparency hat and we can decide later if we want to cut this out. But you and I have always been really open about that stuff. We've always had shared bank accounts. We've always had shared finances. And there's never, ever been a point where there's been like, oh, you're spending my money or like Yeah, it's, never, it's always been, we try to look at things like as in ours, as in not as in his or hers. Right. And I think going back to some of the negatives for joint YouTube channels, like for us, like we've always had businesses together and we've always shared stuff. So it made sense and it was easier for us to transition into making money through YouTube because there, everything was open. Whereas if you're having a partnership with somebody and then you start to make money and money can make things complicated and who gets what and who gets how much and who's doing more, you know, it, it, there is definitely like a level of difficulty that comes with that, which I think we touched on before, but. And for our finances, because everyone's going to be curious about the whole money thing. Mm -hmm. Um, we had a joint bank account before we moved in together. Correct. When we, before we were married, before we moved in together. And that was, it was because it was a bank account for our business. Yes. And then, that business account that was joined when we eventually moved in together, we opened up a separate account also in both of our names. So it was kind of like, there wasn't a discrete moment in time when we decided, Hey, let's mingle our finances. Mm -hmm. It was, we were both living essentially with our parents. So we didn't have like our own utilities to pay. Right. And, but we had a business together we needed a business account. So we had a joint bank account for the business and then when we eventually did move in together, we just opened another joint account. Hmm. And that was just because we were used to it. Yeah. Yeah. We'd also been together for a very long time at that point. Oh, yeah. Too. So, I mean, I mean, it's kind of hard to like, it's, you, know, you can't use that as like a, a template for normal. Right. Because you know what? Some people might think that's really abnormal that they like, I know a lot of couples who keep their finances separate and like that's Oh, I've cool, got like, friends who are married mm-hmm. and they still have separate bank accounts. Yeah. I but think what it they just do depends. Is they, they do have, they have, sorry, they have one joint bank account that they both throw money and contribute to. And that's where all like the home stuff comes out, like the electrical bill, the mortgage payments, all that stuff. Right. Yeah. I think for us, we've always gone through these weird fluctuations in terms of income on both sides. Mm -hmm. And so like to throw money into a pot, it just made way more sense just to have one big ass account. account. And then just, you know, there, there was never, I, you've never made me feel bad in the 17 years of us being together. Make more money, Peckham. Never once have you ever said that to me. Um, you've always celebrated any time that, you know, we've had a good financial year on the freelance side, but you know, our, the freelance side of always gives us, 
has given us the opportunity to like have the cameras and the gear and stuff that we needed and taxes, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about joint YouTube channels. Yes. So what are some other... But um, that's also like a delegation of tasks. Yeah. Like I might have be making more money uh, on one side of it, but you also are running essentially a multimedia business on your side, which requires cameras, computers, all that stuff. So if that wasn't... If, and those are all business expenses. Right. So being able to have that as an expensable business expense... Mm-hmm. It was an we, asset. We, I would have to... If I wanted to go do this as a hobby... I would have to then go buy that with all post-tax dollars right? and it would be harder to be able to access that level of equipment and all that stuff. So right. there are benefits too as well. Definitely. Um, what are some other benefits? So I think for us also, like it was really helpful that both of us are, had the same style and same tastes in a oh, lot yeah. of things. Yeah. But I think that, you know, we built our business or not, our bu- well, yeah, our business, we built our joint YouTube channel off of our relationship. Yes. Which we already knew was, at this point, was compatible by right. the time we started. It. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know by now. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think that, and I think a lot of people who are going into this thinking like, should I start a YouTube channel with blank? Mm-hmm. That blank is going to be their spouse or long-term partner. Right. So take what we said earlier in this podcast with a grain of salt that, you know, marriages don't last and all that stuff, which... Yeah, you just... It's all the things you have to consider. I talked about we, we've always had interest in the same things. But with that said, we also have, like, compatible skills that the other person doesn't have. If you break it down for, from scale, like, we both edit, we both film, we both know about that stuff. You also were a f- fantastic photographer, and that pisses me off that you don't shoot anymore, so you were so fucking good. But um, I'm definitely, like, more of the one who's, like strategizing, coming up with ideas, design, keeping things consistent. And you're more like the business side. You're the glue that holds this brand together. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. No, 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 no. Not, it's not true. Because yes, maybe I, that's the, the things that we need to do for every single video, every single week. But on the other side, like Chris is really good at negotiating. So when we have meetings with brands, like he usually takes over that. Like he's good at talking about money out loud, which I'm not really. Um, he's good at negotiating with people. He's good at talking to people, um, whereas I'm not so much. So like while I do the strategy, the ideas, the design and the look, Chris can do the negotiating, the business side. Um, he also does the tech support. So if I ever have any issues, he fixes that. Um, and also like even when it comes down to like video specific stuff. Chris does the animation. Like I really go into After Effects and he really goes into Illustrator. So a lot of times if we're animating anything, I will design it in Illustrator and he animates it in After Effects and we rarely cross into oh, the, each true. other's we do platforms. That. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And every now and then I'll have to go in Illustrator and like fix a typo, which I have, I, I've, <laughs> I have like minimal knowledge of Illustrator. How do I know even know how to use Illustrator? You know what it was Me. from? <laughs> it was from you, yes. But the only reason I learned to use Illustrator was because we had a vinyl cutter at one point in our lives. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. When we did, when we had a company together, Bold mm-hmm. Creative, in addition to photography, design, we did screen, wide, wide format printing, printing, wide format printing, screen printing, uh, and we were cutting vinyl stickers for a while there. Yeah. Yeah. But that had to learn how to make vector graphics. Mm-hmm paths basically yeah you yeah. got really good at illustrator there for a while my favorite thing is still is when you're like how do you do this in illustrator and i can like tell you right away what the keyword command is yeah it's, it's very satisfying you're like my let me google it for you.com yeah 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 exactly but and i mean i can go into after effects and do stuff but it takes me like 20 times longer and i don't have the patience for it uh, that's what i feel about illustrator yeah so it's like right there it's like compatible skills mm-hmm. like you have strengths that are my weaknesses and vice versa so it really I'm also better at flying helicopters than you. Yeah, so you're also f- better at flying drones than me. 
Uh, I have more drone crashes under my belt than you. Well, probably because you've flown more than me. Like a factor of a bajillion. Yeah. In fact, what? I have all the drone crashes under my belt. I don't think you've ever crashed a drone, have you? Uh, no, I don't think so. You're like a Matty Pohopoya. <laughs> oh, yeah, he got an FPV, so he's definitely crashed drones now. Yeah. Well, there was a while when he would, I think his, like, I remember him saying something like, you never crash a drone. Am I making that up? Maddie, if you ever hear this, did you ever crash a drone prior to <laughs> FPV? <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, like, because I feel like he was, like, the master drone pilot. I don't know who told me that. If it was, so, I don't think it was him, though, that said it. I think somebody else said, oh, Maddie Apoya has never crashed a drone. I was like, really? Well, I've crashed a ton of drones. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I could say the same. Yeah, exactly. R.I.P. Fanny, R.I.P. Mavi, R.I.P. all of the drones that you <laughs> crashed into the water. FPV drones. I have retrieved all of my FPV drones. That's true. And you I've have. repaired them as well. Okay. So those crashes don't count. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting off topic. We are. So one thing that can be challenging about having a YouTube channel, not necessarily a negative, but could definitely be looked at as a positive, is the interest. Like you and I, like I said, have crossover interests, but I have fringe interests and so do you. So sometimes if I'm, say, not feeling so great mentally and don't really feel like being on camera... You can pull from your ideas list and be like, okay, well, maybe I'll make an FPV video or a tutorial on this thing that, and you know that you can deliver on that. And that gives us a video to put up and I can kind of rely on you to um, kind of step up when I'm not really feeling like being on video or if I'm busy and don't have time to do it. Like if you can film something. Um, I made a vlog once when, for your birthday when you weren't even in it. Yeah, you did. That was really good. You killed it. <laughs> Man, you know what was really weird? Link when, in the show notes. When you sent me that video, you're uh -huh. like, oh, here's the video. Like, I'm going to put it up tomorrow. Like, just check it out because we proof it or whatever. Uh -huh. It was really weird to watch a video for our channel, polished, finished with titles, not knowing when the, ti like, when the titles were going to pop up, not knowing what the video was about, not even knowing what songs you were going to choose, and like <laughs> watching one of our videos for the first time finished. That's what I get every single week. I go to work. I come home. And well, I, I get to see the, f I, I'm, I'm there because I'm in the video and the filming, right. but I get to come back and see what you've crafted mm -hmm. into like this little digestible package. Yeah. And it's, it's great. I like it's to one wait. one of my favorite things to come home from work and watch your videos. Really? That's so nice. I can't wait to show you a lot of times. Like if it's something that I'm really happy with or like think is funny, mm -hmm. but I, I like to wait because I used to show you like rough cuts. Now I don't like to do that. I like to finish the video audio color grading everything and then show you the video. But I think it's just because you took a while to get out of the mindset of me being the video master in the relationship and you being like the peasant. Yeah. I used to be like, can you make sure this is okay before I do anything with it? Right. But now you're just like, you'll just take it all the way home and do the whole thing. Yeah. You won't do audio just in case there's like any subtle things that we want changed dialogue wise. That's like the very last thing I do anyway. Right. Yeah. So, but aside from that, yeah, you're now just like, I'm the video master. <laughs> I don't know about the that. master of this domain. But you know, I used to make videos and you used to be like, oh, you should change this or this is too long or there's too much here. Cut that out and cut that out. But yeah, but that was like at the beginning, I would have to tell you about like pacing and like what makes an edit just not awkward. Yeah. You know, like yeah. holding on a clip too long or, or like, like cutting the tail and end or head and tail off clips. When Usually it's people leaving way too much. Yeah. Like it just doesn't flow and it just, it's like, okay, that was too long. Right. And that's just something people get a feel for. Definitely. But yeah, now, you definitely like, taught me that. Now you're the master of the edits. <laughs> I don't think master, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you still kill it with the edits or with the... I think you're just Look, rusty. I'm, I'm struggling with this movie in here now. I'm yeah, but... to call in the reinforcements. Do you know what, Chris, though? Like, when, when you and I started the channel, like... Make my video good sauce. Be better cream. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, when we started the channel, we were really into like storytelling. Like we've definitely learned, like I've learned so much about video over the last four years. I think I said this to you the other day, even like crafting a story and putting a story together and I still have so much to learn and so many improvements that I could make. But when you start pl like with Cold Island planning it, with the City to Change Our Life planning it, storyboarding it, like you learn so much by going through the process. But I'm realizing that you didn't go through that process. No, I went through that process. You did. All of the times. And even when we were talking about the next series that we're going to make, you're like, well, I think we should just wing it and do it. And I'm like, that's not how any of the videos like that. Maybe it seemed like that from your side that we just kind of go in and wing it. But like, I always have a plan for Cold Island. I had everything planned. City to Change Your Life, everything. That was the most planned I've ever had a video. But we planned that out in the retrospect or in, in like afterwards. Yeah, after the trip. Right. Right. We planned out what we're going to say in the narratives. But we still did before we assembled a video. We knew what, what we had. Right. And we yeah. knew what we were going to say. But I did all the pre-production work before even editing or shooting the narrative stuff because I knew it was going to be such a shit show. Mm -hmm. But that's the experience that I've chosen to have because that's what I want to learn. Like I have a documentary that I want to make next year that we were supposed to make this year that didn't happen. And we would actually be filming it right now. We no, we yeah, we would be editing right right we now. We'd just be home from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I realized that like you know I was really sad in the, the spring when we realized that we couldn't go and shoot it because of COVID, and I was really upset. And then I realized like you know what this is kind of a blessing that now I have a year to perfect, not even perfect, to learn more about documentary filmmaking, to learn how to storyboard and like get a couple of these projects under my belt where I've gone through this so that ne when next year, when the time rolls around to shoot the doc, like I'll have more experience in what it takes to put a video like that together. And so a benefit of having a joint YouTube channel <laughs> is that I can ride on your coattails. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? That's the thing. I really love this shit. Right. And I, I think when you have a joint YouTube channel, you either both have to love it or one of you has to love it so much and the other one has to just be like really cool with going going along with it and be chill with it. Because that's the way it is here. Like, Well, I mean, it's just a matter of I don't have the time that you have to dedicate it because it's not my job. Right. And I, but I view the time that I do spend as more of a hobby. So I kind of dabble in it. Yeah. And know? I don't expect you to put in the level of work that I'm putting in. Like I look at your job as your job and the YouTube channel is my job. And while my job is so much fun and when I think about any other job, I'm so happy that. So imagine if you did interventional radiology. Oh God. Like imagine after you finished your job, you had to do IR as a hobby. <laughs> oh my God. Not the same. Not the same. If you hate it, I, I've always said, I'll start my own YouTube channel if you don't want to do this. Oh, I hate anymore. it. No. no. Anyway, so. Speaking of which. Yes. Why don't we take a break and then talk about what your YouTube channel would look like if you just, it was just you and not me. Okay. That sounds fine. All right. Let's do that. What's that you ask? Pixel and lens? You haven't heard? It's our photo club. <laughs> what was that noise? <laughs> Today's sponsor. We're us. sponsoring our own podcast. <laughs> Who does that? I don't know. We do. Pixel and Lens Visuals Club is our online photo club. It's like a non-traditional photo club. We post challenges, we post critique threads, we post any industry news. It's for anything visuals, photo, video, whatever. It's a private Facebook group. If you want to join, it's free. You just have to answer the questions. Just so answer the questions. Yeah, please just answer the questions. Because you get so many requests of just blank things. How do we know you're not just some random bot who's going to spam it? Exactly. You can ask your questions there. You can get advice there. Then we have an Instagram account as well, which is more of like a feature account where if you use the hashtag pixel and lens to share your photos and we will potentially pick it up and share it with credit. And we also share challenges there, tips and tutorials on the Instagram feed as well. 
So come be part of our photo club. The link is in the description box. Oh yeah. For everything. There you go. In the show notes. Show notes. This is terrible. 2020, no rules. Back to the podcast. Okay, so we talked about having a joint YouTube channel, but I'd really like to explore what each of our channels would look like. Because I think about this sometimes. Yeah, you do. You threaten this sometimes. Oftentimes. <laughs> always. Threaten you threaten I threaten it. it always. Like pretty much once a week. When you're like, well, I don't want to do this. And I'm like, it's like I'm going to go swimming. I'm going to take and Chris out of the name. Yeah, when you're just like, oh, I don't want to do this <laughs> I don't do that. anymore. That is not what I do. <laughs> Okay, if you were going to have your own YouTube channel, like say if you had time to sit down and edit your videos, which I know you don't, because if uh-huh. you had your own YouTube channel, you'd probably post like once every four mm-hmm. months. Yep. But if you had time and you could be consistent, mm-hmm. what would your YouTube channel look like? What would be the niche? What would be the name? What would it like look like visually? Visually, it would be a combination of helicopters and the drone factory. Wait, do you mean niche-wise? I don't know. Oh, wait, visually. The essence. Wait, the, essence. the essence of helicopters and the drone factory. Yeah. Okay. Probably more drones. Yep. A lot more montages to music. <laughs> Chris Nicholas loves a montage. A good to music. montage. I love a good love montage. A good montage. I gotta love a good drone video. Actually, no, I don't really. I don't. That. I hate drone montages. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the, the the most two bit form of video is just the montage. Yeah, there's no story. Yeah, but I mean, you making beautiful visuals is in and of itself a a nice thing, mm-hmm. and some people really want to just watch. Like, that's their version of slow TV. It's, like, nice music, nice visuals. They don't have to follow a storyline. They don't have to listen to anybody talk. It's yeah. just that, and that, that kind of follows along. Like, you, you watch a lot of bushcraft now. Yeah. Oh, yes. Slow TV. You know, it's just, like, it's, it's, not, like... it's not cinematic mm-hmm. oftentimes. Yep. There's not a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. It's just them doing stuff in the woods. You're right. And so there are some people who just love drone montages. And that's fine. Yeah. And I'd probably do drone more mod. drone montages. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it would be helicopter drone niche yeah it would look i'd probably shoot air rifles in it maybe i yeah, don't know probably um it would be kind of dark and moody that still edc life An accessory life <laughs> oh my god would it be like called pilot something or would it be called Dr. no Chris, no called... it would probably just be my name do you think i have a i have a pilot persona but i also have a physician persona right and then i've got chris at home persona so it'd just be me <laughs> okay yeah cool and um do you think that you would do like a variety, more variety stuff, like experiment on there? Or would you just be like drones and helicopters and guns? No, I wouldn't have guns. I don't think I'd actually have guns. Um, but like maybe an episode I would have just like me plinking targets. as just like a random thing in it. Do you think you would do vlogs or do you think you do like more tutorials? I don't know. See, it's such a hard question because I essentially, as I grow up, I grew up doing this. I, from our beginning of our YouTube career, in its infancy to now, it's always been doing vlogs with you. Yeah, so like, what's the alternative? So like, would I have even known vlogs? Like before, before you, and before my hiatus with video, I was doing BMX videos Mm -hmm. in high school and into undergrad of university. So I was just doing montages, basically these BMX videos were like montages to music. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'd still be doing something like that. I don't know. I always liked the idea though of doing like really like cinematic looking stuff, but yeah. not necessarily cinematic in a sense that there was no story to it. Um, maybe we do nature videos. Who knows? I love to think about like what your style of video and what type of video and photos you'd be shooting now if, it, if we weren't together. I'd be doing aerial, I'd be doing aerial montages, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I really, I do enjoy a good, whether it be a drone or straight from the helicopter, 
I do love, I'm, I've always been fascinated with that aerial perspective. Mm-hmm. Like I've told, I don't know if I said on the podcast, but you know this, like when I was in elementary school, I remember seeing, you remember those videos that you'd watch, those VHS mu- videos in music when they'd just be like, they'd just be like random kind of like tacky or corny music videos that had kids in them? I don't think we had those. See, I grew up in the US, in Texas. Yeah. And we had those. Okay. And one of the music videos was like something about if I had wings and I could fly. Yeah. And I remember like they would, they had kids in the videos and they would put these like literally just like cut out cardboard wings and like stick it to their back. And then you could clearly tell they had like strings attached to them. And the kid would do like a Superman like fist in the air with one hand and they just like float off the screen. Oh my God. And then they'd cut to like stock footage. Okay. Of like aerial footage. Right. And it was the stock footage that I was just fascinated with. Because they would like be buzzing these. It, it was obviously shot on, on helicopters. I was going to say, because like back then there was no drones. There's no drones. It was all yeah. helicopters. So it was obviously shot on helicopters. And I remember them bombing rivers, like down in river runs, doing river runs. And I was like, oh my God, that's fascinating. And then like soaring over like cliffs that looked like Newfoundland, where mm-hmm. I was like, that's where I grew up before elementary school. Right. So like I remember seeing this like, oh my God, I love that idea of just flying. And like the creation of this footage is like, I wasn't actually thinking as a kid creating the footage, but I remember thinking as a kid, like I'd love to be able to fly like that. Right. And that's always stuck with me. And then getting into video, it's kind of a combination of those things. So long story short, I'd probably make aerial cinematics. Yeah. It's funny. Like I remember back, like when you were shooting BMX videos when I was coming around, like I remember you like rigging up like a DIY crane because you wanted to get hot, like the camera higher. Right. Like you always wanted to get that like higher Dynamic angle. Yeah. Aerial camera movements. Yeah, exactly. And it was obviously before drones. Yep. And that's what you were kind of looking for was that different Yeah, it was an element of that and just trying to get interesting camera angles. But also like I had, I came just short of building a cable system mm-hmm. to do yeah. like, but literally like what people would do in the quote unquote olden days, mm-hmm. like the early 2000s before drones were mainstays, they would, the, uh, mountain biking was, I think, one of the main um, sports that used this for their action films was using cable cams where they would literally set up a zip line through the woods, through trees that followed the course of a mountain bike trail. Right. They would put pulleys on the zip line oh and then God. get into a harness. And the person would literally be strapped in a harness hanging from the zip line, filming the person doing a follow shot. Right, because this was before action cams and selfie sticks and everything. Right, it was before yeah. the days of GoPro. It was before drones. It was before all of that. How old are you? <laughs> Sorry, 80, I'm just kidding. 84 years. <laughs> <laughs> this was in the fucking 70s. Yeah, no, exactly. No, this is like, you know, what? Like no, this is like late, early, early 2000s. Early 2000s was when yeah. this was. Late 90s, I think we forget 2000s. how... Old we are, yes. No, I think we forget how... Um, how Mrs. Cool. fucking ice pack strapped Fuck to your you. butt. Fuck <laughs> you. Idiot. Idiot. You're stupid. That's you again. Stupid. Idiot. Yes, um, you're stupid. I think we forget how quickly camera technology changed. We definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I could have the, and I was thinking about that actually today I was watching the, you asked me to prove a video today. I was watching a video today and it's in 4k, super sharp on a 4k laptop and how crisp it looked, and it brought me back, and I actually remember thinking back, wow, I remember when I made the jump from high 8 to mini DV, mm-hmm. and I got the Sony VX2000, went from like a single chip uh, consumer. With three CCDs? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> People don't even know what that means. I know. Yeah, three CCDs with a dichroic prism to split the beam into different signals. <laughs> People are like, what is he talking about? Yeah. But yeah, like that was like three chip cameras that had RGB, separate RGB sensors. Mm-hmm. That was like the epitome of 
quality. Right. But making a jump from high eight to digital, I remember my dad, even though it was standard definition, my dad was enamored by it because he was always like, he'd always videotape our family gatherings and he kind of, you know, had an affinity for tech, but certainly wasn't like a video dude. Yeah. But he could appreciate quality and he remembers like, I remember him saying, wow, it is so clear mm-hmm. and the colors, he's, it's just amazing. And it's probably more the difference of going from high eight to mini DV. That right. was kind of the, the biggest jump. Yeah. But to have like a prosumer camera and thinking like that was impressive to him. I was like, oh my God, if he could only nowadays see he would be blown away. The by quality that quality. we have now. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Your dad loved it. Your VX2000 when you got that. Like, wasn't he a big fan of your camera? Like, he wasn't really yeah. into cameras, but he was, like, tickled by it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and I yeah. think he always would, like, like I said, had an affinity towards technology and cameras. My grandfather on my mom's side, so his father-in-law, was also, like, a very oh, yeah. tech-oriented guy. Like, he had, he loved Sony, too. Mm-hmm. So he would be absolutely tickled if he was around just with the thought that his grandson and granddaughter-in-law mm-hmm. were doing like stuff campaigns with Sony. Yeah. Like, and just seeing also the technology that's available now, which has blown him out of the water. Anyway, yeah. they're getting outside of the realm of this, of this podcast. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think all in all, my channel will be aerial visuals and just cool shit that I like to do. Yeah. Like flying helicopters, flying drones. I'd probably do way more crazy helicopter adventures. And it would I probably... You, sorry, go ahead. I feel like it might... If I was doing, I'd probably still be doing home renovation stuff if I was doing that. I would also show like the spaces that I was renovating. Interesting. But um, I don't know if I would be doing that without you. That's what I was just going to say. Are we saying, are we saying if we never had met and we had our own lives? No, I think. Channels or if we were going to branch off right now this very minute, Becky and Chris, as we know them right now, yeah. split into two channels. Yeah. If I think now, because if it was like, if we didn't get together and, and do whatever, like, I don't think you would be in a home renovations at all because you be had zero interest oh until I, I forced be, you into it. I would it. be so tacky if you didn't. If you didn't, I don't think if so. I didn't know you. I would have no style. I don't think so. I would have no. You're giving me credit for your style. 100. percent Damn. Thank you. Did you see me before when we started going out? Yeah, but I wasn't like change your style. I always loved what you wore. Like no, but. Like you got into like that streetwear stuff and you got into men's fashion by yourself. Okay, like fair I enough, didn't... fair enough. But with that said, I think home stuff for sure. Well, yeah, because you were like, what's a home renovation? But I had no interest in home renovations too. So I can 100% say that yes. you were the reason. I, what I would do is I would have probably You just... probably would have built like rigs for your cameras and stuff, but I don't think you would have been doing home renovations. No, I don't think I would be there. And a lot of the knowledge that I have in home renovation comes from your side of the family, like your uncles, your dad. Yeah. Like they were the ones that really single-handedly kind of showed us the ropes to get us started and all that. Yeah. And would answer any questions we had. So without you and that, I don't think I would be doing the hands-on renovation stuff. But like when you and I, like I said earlier, started going out, like you were making mini ramps and you were making cranes and cable cams and you made like a steady cam one. Well, I was always mechanically like, inclined because I was fixing bikes too all my life. Right. So, so I think like you'd probably have an aspect of that, of like invention in terms of building stuff like that. Maybe. Maybe I'd still be building drones. Who knows? I don't think you would be doing tutorials if you had your own channel because you say you really don't like doing tutorials. No, I, don't, I wouldn't be doing tutorials. No. That's so funny because we do them and you hate doing them, but you do them. Well, I don't hate doing them. It's just because, but you always take point on them. If I had to take point on it, I probably wouldn't enjoy doing it. Yeah. So you have like so much knowledge to share and you're such a great teacher. That's why I like it when you teach tutorials because I feel like you have so much to, like I've learned so much from you over the years <laughs> and I feel like other people curves. should it, it benefit from your knowledge and the way you teach. I think you're really good. But I understand. I don't love doing tutorials either, but I like them when people are asking about stuff and I could just say, here's a video that I made about this. Yeah. It's almost like you get asked so many questions that are repeat questions. It's just easier to make a video. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. We've talked about the hypothetical. <laughs> Chris Nicholas channel. Chris's 
male accessory channel. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know exactly what my YouTube channel will be like. I do. Should I guess what it is? Yeah, okay. sure. All right. The, your channel would be Becky's Homecraft channel. <laughs> I don't think it would be called that. Well, that's what it'd be though, essentially. Like okay, the, yeah. the essence would be that. Yeah. You would do, you have a, you would have a split. Your pillars, I'm going to say, mm-hmm. would be travel, but not just travel like you think of travel when you think of travel vloggers and things like that. Travel in a sense that you would go to places that matched your aesthetic, mm-hmm. such as Norway, all the Scandinavian places, yep. Sweden, Finland, Finland. Uh, is Sweden even in that? Li- I don't know. Maybe. Yes. It's in- okay. Oh my. Yeah. Okay. Are you kidding? I don't know. That- is Sweden in that? Like this is just like I. Where do okay. you think IKEA came like, from? Like like the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> Scandinavian Scandinavia, as I know it, is just this blob of Scandinavia, something over there. I know yeah. nothing about the Scandinavia geography. Scandinavia is not Sweden in itself. I think Scandinavia is like Finland, Sweden, right? That's what I mean. Denmark. Just like I refer to, like, like I could never name what's in the Midwest. Yeah, it's just okay. a blur of states that are all sort of blurred together in my mind. Yeah, that they all sort of blur together in this really whitewashed sort of modern aesthetic okay anyway Anyway. so that you would travel to places like that you would do these hotel slash accommodation reviews like you'd show you do like room tours in these really nice spaces that you've that you've curated and looked for Mm -hmm. um you're only saying this because that's exactly what i told you the other day that i wanted to do well if only that's a testament that i listened to my spouse well thank you for listening that's why we have a solid foundation for this youtube channel that's right Failed it. And uh, then, okay. and then uh, you would still be doing the home alterations. You may not be doing the structural stuff yourself, but damn, you would be doing the before and afters still, and you'd be doing all of the staging because mm-hmm. you love Fucking that love stuff. A, yep. Uh, and then you would still, I think, be doing, you'd be doing less video-centric tutorials and more photo-centered tutorials, but you'd still be doing tutorials. You nailed it. Is that your channel in a nutshell? Becky's you, Homecraft? <laughs> hashtag Homecraft? Homecraft. Yeah, it's, that's exactly it. I, it would definitely be like home decor, makeovers, less structural, more heavy on the decorating for sure. Styling, like you said. I think definitely photography tutorials maybe even like wrapped in around the home, but it would definitely have that look. Um, and then the, you nailed it with the travel thing. Like that's something I would be obsessed with doing would be like not just doing home tours of anything and anywhere but like strategically picking these like beautiful places whether they're cabins hotels airbnbs that have the look that nordic kind of look i have like a list of places like that i would go to but then like it would be a a travel vlog but it would also be like a tour and we talk about like what what it is and what we're eating and what we're doing, but like what the place looks like. And we talk about and why all the you things love it so much and why you love it. But it would be like all gimbal B roll of like the rooms and close up details of all the stuff that I love. And yeah, why I love it so much. We kind of did a little bit of that when we were in Vancouver, like we, we stayed in some modern like Airbnbs and stuff that we, that, because that's what I really, really wanted to incorporate. But yeah, so that's what I would do. Yeah. It would totally be sweet. Like Norway's on the top of my list, Finland, Sweden, Denmark, like, everywhere over there fogo island in like the artist resident like all of that there there's a bunch of places in the catskills that i'd love to do like that idea to me less about like reviewing a place for in exchange for something or less about capturing the essence but capturing the essence and it's like that home craft thing that we were talking about like i don't know what the word is on it but like the essence of feeling and uh touch and smell and you know surrounding yourself with that like vibe of home mm-hmm. that's what i'd like to capture 
with travel blogging. Right. And I'm going to throw a curveball here okay. and say that you probably don't think now, but I would dare say that you would start a side branch in a not, maybe not another full pillar, but you dabble in doing cooking, but you would, you would probably inject your sort of quirky, goofy personality into it. Yeah. And it's kind of like home, home stuff meets is Harris's. I'm cooking this. Yeah. Oh my God. I love her. Yeah. yeah. I'm cooking this. I love her show. Oh yeah. my God. So good. Yeah, maybe. Because you've know, been doing like, a lot more cooking lately. I have, yeah. I don't think I'd ever be at the point now where I would like put cooking on the channel just because. But I think it'd be more so like a not as a serious thing. Like I'm a cooking channel. Learn how to make this because I have great recipe. It's going to be right. like I'm going to try this recipe from Dennis the Prescott's book that I have here. Right. Let's see how bad like, this goes. Yeah. Or let's see how good it goes. Or you know whatever. Yeah, and it would be done in like a beautifully curated, renovated kitchen. Yes. And like everything that would be in the shots, like down to the plates, the cutlery, the even the mixing bowls and stuff would be gorgeous. Kind of like a mix between like what Pickup Limes does with all of her beautifully curated. I haven't watched her channel, but I know you've talked about her channel to me. And I know I get the essence of it. I'm, I'm going to show you after this because like every, everything that she has chosen even to put her like, she's like, oh, a thing of baking soda. I don't even think she used baking soda, but like it's in this gorgeous, <laughs> like little tiny curated bowl. Like everything looks perfect, like aesthetics. Uh -huh. And I, that's what I would have. And it's funny, like, talking about it. I'm like, why aren't we doing that in, like, a lot of our stuff? And it's just like... We lazy. Well, I think our pillars are all over the place. And we've established this channel and this niche now that it's like... I'd like to incorporate more of that stuff on our Instagram and, like, actually shoot more of that stuff. When, But... And I'd love, like, the, tr the You mean, travel, like, little detailed moments? Detailed moments, yeah. yeah like, I was going to say, we can't do the travel stuff. No. Because of COVID. Right. But, like, when COVID is over, I would love to incorporate more, like... COVID's never going to... I know. Well, when the when the uh, vaccine comes out, we can do that. But I'd love to do like travel vlogs where we go to places like Norway and we pick like one of these gorgeous like huts, whatever and wherever it is, and it like capturing the essence of that and like the adventure. So it's like kind of going back to the old school travel vlogs, like in Vancouver meets like home home tour. Like that's what I'd like to do. Mm -hmm. Like that would be my ideal channel, and I'd love to interject some of those ideas into our current channel. Yep. Because that would make me really happy. There you go. So that's basically exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, you nailed it. And mine was probably, you knew exactly what mine was going to be Oh, about 100%. So the real channel that would happen would be me just crashing and burning because and failing because I wouldn't put enough effort into it. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I think like the hypothetical scenario is that you have enough time to do it. I have actually like over quarantine have threatened a few times to start a second channel. Yes, you but have. But I know I can't maintain it. It's just not sustainable to have a second channel. You'd split the effort and end up not being able to dedicate enough to either channel yeah and or you would burn out correct it's already hard enough to like run this podcast run the youtube channel keep up with instagram run the pixel lens facebook group and the instagram account be posting on that account as well and then like on top of that doing wins food and then renovating the house and then working on these series that we're working on like there's a lot of moving parts and it can become overwhelming and while i'm not like the busiest per I could be busier and I could definitely be more productive, but I can't but even at what imagine. Cost, like, though, right? Yeah, exactly. Like I would rather incorporate some of these ideas along with your ideas. Like, I mean, we do the helicopter stuff and the FPV stuff because people seem to be interested in it, but I'd like to incorporate some of these ideas of what my channel would be like, even like silent, like going out in the woods, like incorporating some of that bushcraft inspiration, not doing bushcraft, but like the aesthetics of 
making fires and, and cooking on the stovetop and like things like that. It's like if Craig Adams just went out in the woods and just lived for a couple days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love his channel. So good. So relaxing. I love it. Like watching the channels when they're like setting up their tent and they're getting their fires ready and they're cooking their dinner and they're showing you what they're cooking. And then like it's the nighttime and then it's the morning and they're packing up and there's fog and the, I love that shit. But yeah, because you've been watching, like you said, a lot of Craig Adams. You've mm -hmm. been watching a lot of Cody Blue now. Yes. Who is another person who's been kind of straddling genre. genre. So Cody is an interesting channel because I feel like his channel was very heavy, like photo video. And mm -hmm. I think that he just like wasn't into it because from like some of his tweets, he was just like, I, I want to do like basically switch niches. But I, when I think of Cody's channel, I think of like now like hiking, backpacking. He's now his channel, I think, is Cody and Victoria. So he's, yeah. his and wife the, is a part of it. And the two of them are precious. They're so precious. Holy shit. I love watching their little like adventures. They're really cute. And it, they're well shot. And that's the thing. It's like bringing that like knowledge of photo video into it and like talking about it sometimes. But then the main story is like hiking or camping. And they have this like tent that goes on top of their truck and like, they go out and they do their things and they mountain bike together and they're just so sweet to watch. <laughs> um, and they're, and they're fun, you know, and I love watching them. All right. So we're going to introduce, I, I don't think we've done this yet, but we're going to introduce a new segment called inspired by, cause we're talking about YouTube channels. Mm -hmm. What it is is basically like who you're inspired by. So we're talking about YouTube. Who, who are you inspired by or who are you watching lately? Um, am I going first? Well, I can go first. All right. I'll go first. Okay. All right. So I don't watch a whole lot of YouTube. Neither. Okay. So this is something interesting. I saw somebody tweet a, a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, and it was like, at what percentage of YouTube do you watch? That's like your niche versus not your niche. And so I was like, I think, it, I think it's like 80, 20, like 80% not niche, 20% niche. And mm -hmm. when I say niche, I mean like photo, photo video. video content right. and not like home decor or whatever. I think I've been watching even less lately now that I'm just like trying to get my mental health like on track and and stop so being... why what when you say you get your mental health on track why are you watching less why is that a why is it their relationship between your niche videos and your mental health i find when i'm struggling with my mental health a little bit like when i'm feeling a little bit down maybe have a little bit of imposter syndrome when i watch people in my niche it makes me feel like shit it makes me because feel... they're producing such high level content yes you it makes... can't help but compare yourself to them yeah and there are times when I am feeling really great where I can watch all that stuff and feel like motivated by it. Mm -hmm. But there are times when I don't feel so great when I know that it's going to make me feel like shit because there, I'll feel like maybe my work will never look that good or I feel like I'm being insufficient in terms of like productivity and putting out content. Like I'll see somebody post a, um, a video about a certain topic that maybe I might've wanted to talk about at some point. And I'm like, Oh fuck, like this is done now. So I can't do it. Or, like I should have done it or like these people are producing these videos and I'm not producing enough videos. So now I'm getting stressed by watching the videos that they're producing, feeling like I'm not doing enough. So there's like a level of comparison. And I've always said like, don't compare yourself because right. it's, and it's true, but this is the reason why I haven't been watching because when I say don't compare yourself and I'm in this mindset, I know if I watch, I'll compare. Right. So I don't watch. So I don't compare. you don't compare. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's where I am now. So you're in, you're sort of in this phase where you're avoiding photo video content mm -hmm. for that reason. Yes. So what are you watching? What are you, what are you inspired by? Oh my gosh. 
Well, I've been, I have like three channels that I've been watching pretty religiously. Obviously, Sam, the cooking guy, I've talked about him before. Mm-hmm. You guys suggested him on Twitter to me. and I Because go, you both swear? Because, he, oh, he's so funny. And, and you swears so much. Yeah. But um, because I wanted to learn and he's an cook. old man and you're an old woman? Fuck you. You got ice packs on your butt. What else are we going to say? I guess you're right. But what I've been really <laughs> inspired by is this channel called Hunting for George. And this is where like, it really like drove home over this week that like, I really need to get back to the roots of like home decor stuff. Cause that's where I'm very passionate. Like that's my first passion. Like the ability to be able to create visuals is that, but like design as a whole is just it for me. And so her channel is basically like she does, she's from Australia and she does these like home tours of these like beautiful homes. Um, sometimes she does like apartments. She does some travel series type stuff and she's renovating her house as well. But, um, God, I love, like, she'll go through homes and she walks through it. And it's, like, usually just one continuous shot on a gimbal. of like, she's walking around and talking about the place and touring it and showing it. And she gives zero fucks. Like, she's like, I'm going to make a cup of tea in this, like, random person's house. <laughs> in someone house. else's house. Yeah. But, like, she is, like, super cute and, like, not annoying to watch. And she's stylish. And the houses that she's touring are all modern and beautiful. And she's talking about like, it's not cheesy, like HGTV style home stuff. (laughs) It's like, she's talking, she's like going through the house. And then at the end, she sits down and talks through it. And it's very chill. And a lot of times she has like a a cup of tea in her hand. And it it very much feels like the feeling that I get when I, you know, go to a city or into a shop or into a showroom that has like that style that I love. I get a lot of, inspiration and enjoyment and I get this feeling of excitement when I go into like these stores and showrooms and like even like Airbnbs that are designed or like even going back to St. John's when I worked with Sam Design like going and shooting their properties that they've completely renovated and designed like it gave me a feeling of comfort and excitement about things that I love Mm -hmm. and I've been very much missing that since quarantine because we've been home and there's nothing here in Buffalo really of that style even in terms of showroom or furniture stores they don't exist here Mm -hmm. so can't go to Toronto but Toronto gives me that feeling there's a lot of places in Toronto that gave me that feeling so I've been missing that feeling a lot and walking into a space and being like oh my god like touching the countertop and seeing how like the cabinetry is built and the textures and stuff and so her channel gives me that feeling and it's really hard to get through the television, but she does it. Her channel mm. does it for me. Interesting. So I've been, yeah. I don't know if I've ever had that feeling before. Yeah. Is it, that the excited feeling that I was talking about? Like with swords when I was a kid? Oh my God. Is that the feeling? I don't know. Might be the feeling. Is it the feeling? It could be the feeling. It's like, I only get it when I think about, yeah. And neon blue. That design. was always like this <laughs> mythical color that I <laughs> just. Neon blue. Yeah. I was always trying to find neon blue and it didn't really exist all that much. It was a hard color to achieve. Oh my God. Is that why you. And purple starburst same feeling oh my god the plum one yeah oh that that flavor was so fucking good yep that was the best flavor there was a jar on my fourth grade teacher miss mcdonald there was a jar of starburst on her desk and there was all the normal colors but there was one purple one right like in the middle of the jar did you get it i don't know but it was like this mythical thing to me yeah and i didn't know that starburst was like came in different colors they used to have a pack that had the plum in it. Yeah. But and that pack was Somehow the best randomly pack. there was a purple starburst in the middle of the thing. I thought about it for like seemingly like the entire school year. <laughs> oh my God. That's, that was yeah. the best flavor. It's funny how unresourceful kids are. I know. You could have just it's went like, up and got I it. I could have been like, hey, mom, can you tell me if there's like, can I get like a purple starburst somewhere? Like all I had to do was fucking ask. Yeah. Now, this was before the days of the internet too. True. So you couldn't Google So kids it. I feel like now can Google things. Yeah. So if there's any kids now that... They have the knowledge of the entire world at their fingertips. There should be no excuse for them not to be smart. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> anyway. That pack of Starbucks was the best, by the way. It had like... It had a, some good ones, but it also had some bad ones. Like it was, it was a, a wide range. Yeah, but that plum. Anyway. Anyway, I digress. Who are you inspired by? Who am I, so who am I inspired by? Um, I've been watching a lot of the Perkins Brothers lately. Oh, the Perkins Buys. Yeah, They're the, wicked. I don't know what, what their official name is. It's either Perkins, Perkins Brothers Builders. I think it's Perkins, or Perkins Builder Brothers. Bu- Perkins Builder Brothers. Let me look it up. Anyway, they build stuff. They're they do they're contractors and they do they build houses. Perkins bro, Perkins Builder Brothers. It's hard to say. Perkins Builder Brothers. There you go. I like to call them the Perkins Boys. And they have been doing YouTube for a whole long time at this point. I think they might be like a year in. Really? That's it? Yeah, it's it's like I, if you go back in their videos, it doesn't go back that far. Okay. But they've been consistent since pretty much seems like day one. Mm-hmm. And they shoot everything on iPhones. And I think he has like a, a wireless lav mic for his iPhone. His channel is like the perfect example of audio is greater than video. Right. So it's it's easy to listen to and the editing isn't like bad. His like pacing is really good. You expect good. like for a non-photography niche channel, like in, in this case construction. Very difficult. Yeah. With someone who is kind of more or less just starting out, it's it, it's it's good. And it's interesting, though, because I think that you kind of picked up on something. He says he, in one of his episodes he has a drone license. Yeah. So I would not be surprised if he has a video background. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like he said, he took, picked up a vlogging setup, like a, like a mirrorless or a DSLR or something. And he, he ended up returning it because he's like, you know what? It's just easier to do this on my phone. Yeah. So he edits all his videos on his phone. Yeah. And you, it's funny because like, I think he's using an, some kind of app that's locking his exposure because his, his auto exposure isn't all over the place like a normal phone. No. And his audio sounds good. His pacing is good. And that's the biggest thing, like you said, like with a lot of these channels that are construction channels, like they're, some of them are hard to watch because like the audio and the video is bad, but like also they're long and they don't need to be long. Yeah. It's and like, so look, I just wanted to before. figure out how to build a bridge yeah, with I-beams and concrete footings. And it was an hour and a half video or something from one channel. Yeah. Yeah. Had to watch it on like 2x, and it was still like you could still understand them perfectly at 2x. Right. But with this with this guy's channel, he's like teaching. He's to the point. His videos are like seven to nine minutes. I don't think once I've been like, all right, cut to the chase because his no. pacing has been exactly. all of his time lapses are like the perfect length and the perfect speed to get through yeah. stuff, and they're funny. Yeah. Right. Except when his brother cut his fingers off. That oh, was, I felt really terrible. That was gruesome. Yeah. Um, I felt yeah, bad I could, about that. I could empathize with that, but. Yeah, like, and it makes sense though because he did a partnership with Skillshare, mm-hmm. and he showed some of the like examples of some of the courses he was taking, and there was one on like logo design and Illustrator, another one on like storytelling. So like he's obviously deep dive into this YouTube thing far more than would meet the eye to somebody who was not into YouTube themselves. Yeah, he clearly thinks about the story as he's going through the videos. Right. Because there's actually two storylines in most of his videos. It's like the project storyline where he's teaching about the things. Yep. But then there's also the storyline of like what's happening at the job site with the buys. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I've been watching a lot of that. It's been entertaining and very informative from someone who has an interest in um, you know, like carpentry and, and home renovation stuff. Yeah, they've been doing a, a series called like Building a House from Scratch or something like that. Oh, yeah. And we're like caught up. We binge watched it and yeah. then binge watched the rest of their channel basically. And they actually put up a new video yesterday. Oh, did they really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, oh, it's so good. I was <laughs> like, what a jackpot. Like when you find a channel like that, it's like when I found Hunting for George, it was like you hit the jackpot. It's so funny because you, 
anybody who's watched listening to this podcast probably is very photo video centric and interested so they might watch the channel and be like i'm not watching this this is no like not interesting to me at all Mm -hmm. but i guess we're we're into that stuff it's interesting for us yeah i mean it's cool to learn like i mean we know stuff about home renovation and how like to design stuff and build stuff interior but like we've never built a house before and we're curious about a lot of things like foundations septic tanks um the way like everything basically window structure Mm -hmm. beams and and these guys Perkins like they actually go through everything and talk about it and so it's super informative plus it's funny and I always think that comedy wins Mm -hmm. uh, when it's appropriate and like you know yeah not offensive um it's good and they're funny yeah so and they're good to watch you know so I like to learn stuff and I think it's relevant so I guess we've both picked like an interior channel and a construction channel yeah and I think it's just goes for me very clear where our heads are at in terms of like what types of things that we want to be doing with our channel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I always will have that photo video baseline, what you're seeing constantly. But I think that's just because YouTube in it's in it's in a sense will always be rooted in that. Any channel will have some element of production associated yeah, with it. Right. But I definitely think like, I'd love to move a little more towards that home aesthetic. I mean, clearly if you guys have been watching our channel for the last year, you, you have definitely seen like a little bit of a shift there. Well, combine that with quarantine and more or less staying home more often than before. Right. And you're going to see more home projects. Yeah. And we're building our studio and stuff too. And yeah. So, but that's the stuff we love to share. Right. So there you go. Right. All right. Should we end it there? Well, yeah, I think we're going to end it. My back is hurting. Shut up. Yeah, my neck's hurting. Oh, I thought you were going to make it. A, make oh a yeah. Joke. Maybe you should strap some more ice cubes to it. <laughs> I'm just picturing you with a big strap around your waist and two little ice cubes stuck to your back. (laughs) Actually, that'd probably be a good idea because I could position them just perfectly to where my pain parts are. (laughs) Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. I'm doing a peace sign. Nobody can see you doing a peace (laughs) sign.